Hi, and welcome to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge with Senior Ministers John and Anne Uliano. Have you ever wondered about how to better connect with God? Well, that's exactly what we're going to help you with in this week's show, where you'll learn how to more fully love God, grow spiritually, and help others. This morning, I wanted John McLennan to come on stage with me. John, take a seat on the stool. Give John a big welcome. And uh, <laughs> John, so how long have you been a father now? Uh, two, two years this Friday, actually. Freddie will be... Is two, it this Friday? Yeah, this week, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Congratulations. And, uh, and I hear there's news. Number two's on the way. Uh, <laughs> So, um, so Janine's pregnant with a girl, and uh, she's 22 weeks this, this coming week, so she's actually on graphics at the moment. Yeah. How good is yeah. that? So Janine's on graphics, so she can put anything she likes on the screen. Yeah, she, yeah, she okay, yeah, yeah. okay. So John, obviously, um, it's wonderful to be a father, and uh, you were anticipating, we were praying for you for a long time. For a for long you, time, for, yeah. To be a father. Yeah. And um, and so I was so blessed when I found out that uh, Freddie was coming. Um, but then all of a sudden, you have this little baby in your world and everything changes. Yeah. Uh, I, I must admit, I was pretty panicky for the first maybe uh, six months. <laughs> um, uh, certainly at first, it was like, let's just keep this little fella alive. I was... I was, you know, because he had, I had some no health idea. problems, didn't he? Uh, a little bit, yes. Um, so he he was in hospital at five weeks, but but he got through that. Um, to be honest, I just didn't quite know how to approach having a, a little baby and um, completely dependent upon us. And uh, and I mean, it was it was it was great when he was feeding, and then other times when he he wasn't feeding. So, but it, yeah, he certainly. Um, Certainly kept me on my toes. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so two years now. So, what are some of the big lessons that you've learned in being a dad? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple of practical things, but uh, for instance, um, always pack of spare change of clothes. Always. Always. Um, and I'm probably going to end up you. messy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm going to end up again, messy I'm myself. Yeah. 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 But look, I, I, I was thinking about this. There's, there's probably a few reflections that I have in in the sense that. Um, going into having a, a, a child and being a father, I thought I had a certain level of selflessness and a certain measure of selfishness, uh, and, and that's been challenged. Oh that's been goodness. greatly challenged, but in a good way. It's an opportunity yeah. to grow, and and sometimes I resist that opportunity to <laughs> to be selfless. Um, but at the same time, I realise how selfless our Father God is. Yeah. And that he gave his son. He held yeah. nothing back. Yeah. It pleased him to crush his own son to save each and every one of us. And, and for me, that's a, that's a thought that keeps inspiring me and how the Holy Spirit knocks on the door at times just quietly and says, you know, actually, this is time for Freddie. This is time for Janine and Freddie right now. This is not your time. Um, and so that's, that's certainly been one of the lessons that I've learned. I, I feel in, in life there's a lot of lessons that you have, to, you have to learn and learn again. And the more you learn it, it's kind of circular, but you go deeper and you go deeper. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. So when you get married, you learn a level of selflessness. True, you have true. to yeah. keep happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And then for the women, happy spouse, happy house. Just 
put that out there as well. Okay, it's balancing thing. But uh, but then when baby comes, oh, yeah. it just takes a whole new level of yeah. selflessness. Yeah. That's I like that. I like that thought. So what what else have you learned in being a father? Um, it well, it takes it takes energy, um, and. Uh, <laughs> And it, it's surprising sometimes when you're like, actually, I just need a bit of me time or a bit. Need, I'm an introvert. I need some recharge uh, that you don't get that opportunity. It's, it's re- relentless. Um, but, but it's still, a good word for parenting. Yeah. It? Relentless. Relentless. How many of you have discovered relentlessness as a parent? Yeah. But, but fun as well. There's so many joyful moments in amongst it all. And, I mean, I sang that little song for you guys before. I don't know where it came from. I was just singing it when I was changing his nappy. And it became a thing. And now it's like a, 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 a hide-and-seek game. Like, he runs off and I eventually get the kiss. He eventually gets kissed. So, yeah. Awesome. Can you sing it again for us? Uh, who'd, who'd like John to sing it again? Uh, Come on. Get this on video, Gene. Um, okay, here we go. You sure you're not sick of it yet? No, no, no. Uh, come on, come on. Come okay. On. I love you, Freddie. When it's quite all right, I hold you, Freddie. When you're too and fine, and usually there's big long pause because I'm chasing him. Okay. Kiss, Freddie. That's Kiss, Freddie. Love that, John. Yeah. Congratulations, John. God bless you. You're a good dad, and uh, we we got a church full of great dads. And, and I love that. So give John a great big applause. And Janine as well for baby number two cooking away. I love that. Fantastic. Hey, um, we have started a series on uh, building good families, strong families. Not just good families, but strong families. And, and again, you know, what, what we feel, what I feel is the responsibility of teaching uh, great principles in a world where there's a not a lot of good principles out there, a lot of crazy principles actually being established. It's important to belong to a church where biblical principles of family are established. And uh, today our theme is to recalibrate. And recalibration is fine-tuning. And with everything in life, everything new starts well, but the, the, the issues of life cause us to sort of uh, untune and recalibration is to fine-tune that which is out of tune. And so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about, well, how to build strong families. And uh, my teaching is that there are five pillars of strong families. And so we've done four so far, and today is the fifth pillar of a strong family. And so in recalibrating, what I'd love you to do is to be able to score between 1 to 10 on how well you're doing on all of these five pillars. And then just ask a couple of questions. And the two questions is this, what are we doing well in this pillar? And the second question is, what can we do better? In this pillar. So the first pillar is the pillar of commitment. So it's in recalibrating, score between one and 10. And uh, if you're part of a family, get the whole family to score. Now, let me just press pause for a second because for me, family is not just blood, but it's spiritual as well. So all of these pillars is part of what Anne and I have put into this family, this spiritual family, this church. And so this all applies, you know, about, you know, the first pillar is the pillar of commitment. 
the, the, the being committed to one another, doing the journey of life together, being there. And, and what a wonderful thing it is to be there with people. So, so with John and Janine, we, we were there right at the beginning with them. We, we, we saw them starting to court. We saw their wedding. We started to see, you know, their married life. And, and what a beautiful thing it is to have to do the journey of life, to be with their parenting and seeing Freddie rise up and become a young man and loving the drums. He comes to church and he's looking at those drums and he can't wait for the day where he's going to be playing in church. Commitment creates that sort of stuff. I love that. So how are you doing with commitment? The second pillar of uh, a strong family is consideration. Being considerate, and John was talking about that selflessness, considering, you know, Janine, considering the children. You know, as an introvert, he was saying, oh, my goodness, you know, I, I want time for me, but, but the family takes precedence. And this consideration is such an important pillar in a strong family where we consider one another, where we're kind to one another, where we think about each other's needs. So between one and ten, how are you doing in consideration? What are you doing well in consideration? What can you do better? Let's recalibrate today so we can make our family stronger. The third pillar is the pillar of commonality and commonality in spiritual and cultural beliefs. What a wonderful thing it is to have commonality. What do we have in common? And it's a beautiful thing to have common spiritual beliefs, being yoked together spiritually or at least being yoked together culturally where you establish a family culture. And LifeSource has a family culture. Here at LifeSource, we love God, we grow spiritually, we help others. And, and we have these three things in common and that's what binds us as a family here at LifeSource. Number four is communication, the importance of communicating, the importance of both listening and speaking, being able to share our thoughts, our feelings, and not being put down when we're sharing our feelings, but being encouraged. What a wonderful thing is when you come together and encouragement is communicated, where you feel loved, where you feel like you belong, and that's been communicated all the time, that you are accepted here because you belong here. So um, so they're the four pillars that we've done so far. And if you want more insight onto those, just go back to YouTube and listen to the two messages that were spoken about that. So the fifth pillar that I want to talk about this morning is connectiveness. Being connected and the importance of being intentional in connecting better. Let's turn to Psalm 133, this incredibly beautiful psalm, which is called the Psalm of Ascent, that you've heard many times. Let me read it, the whole thing from the whole psalm. I'm going to read the whole psalm to you, three verses. Okay. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together, in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. It's like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forevermore. It begins with how beautiful it is when we live in unity. 
It finishes with when there is unity, God commands a blessing and the blessing is life forevermore. It's interesting that a lot of commentators believe that David wrote this psalm after Absalom passed away because Absalom had divided the kingdom and with his passing, the kingdom once more had one leader. And so in the reunification of the kingdom, a lot of commentators believe that even in his grief, David wrote this psalm about the importance of unity. And when people are united, their God commands a blessing. Who wants God to command a blessing on your family? Well, this is what this psalm is saying, is that where there is unity, there is blessing. And I really believe that unity is the culture of heaven. Division is the culture of hell. I want to say it again. Unity is the culture of heaven. Division is the culture of hell. And if you want your home to be like hell, just be divided. Be critical. Just pull everybody down. But if you want your culture to be like heaven, be united. Encourage each other. Work out how can we be better connected, better united. What's, what's fascinating is that um, Jesus talks about the devil being the father of lies, but the devil is also the father of division. And so he was the one who invented division because when he was in heaven, and um, it's interesting because Isaiah gives us this little glimpse. It's like the curtain opens and you can see behind the curtain for a millisecond and then it closes. And in Isaiah 14, it talks about the fall of Lucifer. And, uh, and in the fall of Lucifer, what we see is selfishness built up in his heart. And he says these two things. He says, I want, my, I want to exalt my throne above the stars. This is Isaiah 14 verse 13. And he says, and I want to be like the most high God. And so all of a sudden what happened was selfishness, self-seeking, got into his heart. He started to, to despise who God was and he brought division. And then in the book of Revelation, it gives us an insight that a third of the angels were pulled from heaven. He created division in heaven and a third of the angels followed this divisive spirit. And it just wrecked God's unity. And we've just got to be aware that unity is so important in strong family. And we have to be intentional in protecting unity and actually removing disunity and division. So you say, well, what brings division? Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. Let me share with you four things that bring division. Number one, it's selfishness. Selfishness is something that can't survive well in family. And I really believe that the first thing that gets removed when you get married is selfishness because now you've got to consider the other person. But when you start to have children, it goes to another level, baby, because children don't respect the fact that it's nighttime. Matter of fact, children seem to always wake up in the middle of the night and always be sick in the middle of the night. How many of you parents remember you, you're fast asleep and all of a sudden a child walks into the room? I don't feel too... <laughs> how many of you know what I'm talking about all over the bed? You know, you, know, you know, I'm talking about... How many of you know that that's when selfishness has to go out the window? 
Uh, you just can't be selfish, just turn around and go back to sleep. It's just not going to happen. Selfishness does not cause families to be strong. It brings division. Here's another one, rebellion. And, uh, and you know, l- let me tell you, when we were parents rising up, I never disciplined my children for being childish. Children are childish. And when a child is childish, what we need to do is impart wisdom to them, not discipline. Wisdom is imparted to childishness. Discipline is imparted to rebellion. Rebellion is when they know what to do and they don't do it. That's when they need to be disciplined. See, see if, a, if, if a child picks up a glass and, and drops a, a glass because they're clumsy, you don't discipline them for dropping the glass. That's childishness. You correct them, you pick up the messes. But if you told them, don't touch that glass, and now they touch it and drop it and break it, that's rebellion. That's not clumsy, that's rebellion. And that's what you need to do is discern between childishness and rebellion. And so you add wisdom to childishness, but you correct rebellion. You get that? Because rebellion brings division. And if you let rebellion thrive, it will divide. Here's another thing that creates division is unresolved conflict. And this is so important that Conflict arises because natures are different. How many of you know that, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having conflict. Please, don't, let me tell you, I'm a peacemaker. I don't, I don't enjoy conflict. There's anybody like me, uh, I, I don't enjoy conflict. But the fact is that when you have two human beings living together, conflict will naturally arise. So the issue is not conflict. The issue is unresolved conflict. So we try to avoid conflict. You can't avoid conflict. But what you can avoid is unresolved conflict. Because unresolved conflict will bring division. And so then you need to be intentional on, come on, let's resolve conflict. That's where good communication comes in. And so, you know, and and, and too often than not, for those of you who are peacemakers, what you need to do is turn the conflict around into a conversation. And say, you know what, I need to pursue a conversation rather than I need to pursue more conflict. Because conversations can resolve conflict. Number four, unmet expectations will always cause division. And unmet expectations is one, when one person expects something and the other person doesn't know what the expectation is. Or they kind of feel they've communicated what the expectation is, but the communication isn't clear. And so there's unmet expectation. Unmet expectation will always create division. Will always create conflict. And so the question is does the person in your world know what the conflict is? Wow. Are you up already, Maya? Okay. Very good. I, I want to get into the positives, okay? So, um, and, and this is what Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, verse 25 a house divided cannot stand. A house divided cannot stand. Mark 3.25. So do we want a house divided or a house united? And if you want a house united, you have to be intentional. Everybody say intentional. So can I give you five ingredients? Are you ready for five ingredients? I'm going to go really fast. Five ingredients. Time together. What a beautiful thing it is to spend time together. And let the time together be enjoyable time. It needs to be positive. 
You cannot replace time. Time, you, you can't replace time with gifts. Gifts, people get used to gifts. Let me, can I tell you that in our Western world, you know, in, in some worlds you give, you give someone a lolly and it's like, wow, it's the most amazing thing. Now you've got to give them diamonds because we live in this incredible world where, where lollies aren't just enough and everything sort of increases. But what, what is the most valuable thing that you can give people and not gifts but time? And so it's interesting when, when Matt Cross was chairman of street work, there were street kids in Chatswood where parents would give them a hundred bucks and say, go spend the money. And the kids didn't need the hundred bucks. They needed the one hour. But for some parents, it was, I don't have an hour, but he's a hundred bucks. And it just created division because time is irreplaceable. And time says so, so much. So, so you know, if, if you're married, please have date nights where, where you're able to, you know, the beautiful thing about belonging to this community is that we've got a lot of young marrieds that can do swaps. Hey, you know what? We'll look after your kids when you have a date night and, and we'll look after your kids when we have a date night. And so you can do these swaps. And it's just amazing that in a community like this, you can do that. But please don't leave time out for each other. Then have family nights where, you know, you just... The whole family comes together and, and, and you do something fun that everybody enjoys. And, um, and what is beautiful thing is to, is to have family nights. This is what creates strong families. Devotional times, prayer times where it becomes, please, if you can have a devotional time at prayer time, just understand that kids' attention span is really small. And if you're going to have a three-hour prayer meeting every single night with your kids, they're going to go, Ugh. Whereas if you make it fun, you make it something enjoyable that's within their framework, then they're not dreading it. They're looking forward to it. Holidays need to be fun and relaxing as well. So that, you know, just having regular holidays as part of it. And it doesn't have to be ultra expensive. It just has to be time out. So time together, first ingredient for connectiveness. Number two, enjoying things together. What do you enjoy doing together? It was interesting. I was at the dentist not too long ago. And I was speaking to my dentist. And I said, uh, school holidays, uh, what are you doing? And he goes, um, not much. And I said, are you kidding me? He says, well, my wife and kids all like skiing. So they're off to the, to the slope skiing. But I hate the snow. I hate skiing. He says, I like the beach. But nobody in my family likes the beach. And I thought, that's not healthy. That's not good. They're off on holidays without him. And he's at the beach by himself or whatever. And, uh, and I thought to myself, this is not good for strong families. He said, well, what needs to happen? Well, you need to find something that you can do together. Now, obviously not everything is going to be suitable, but something has to be suitable. And so... Find things that you can enjoy together. So Anne and I, you know, we've got a whole stack of things that we enjoy doing together. We like traveling together. We actually like going to the same places together. We like eating out together. We like beach holidays, not snow holidays. That's really handy for us. Uh, we like walks. We like drives. 
The only thing that Anne doesn't like are motorbikes. But she's happy for me to have motorbike buddies for us to sort of, it's the boys thing. But she's happy for that. And I'm happy for her to have her buddies to do those things. But enjoying things together is so important. Number three, this is really important that we're present in tough times. Tough times is really what determines the strength of a family. It's interesting. Strength of relationships are determined in tough times. A family that's resilient is a strong family. A family that only are happy when everything is going perfect aren't going to last long. Why is that? Because life is not perfect. Life will have its challenges. It's fascinating that when challenges come, weak families sort of separate, strong families unite. And we need to create resilience where we're present in family times. And and in tough times, we adopt this culture. We attack the problem, not the person. We gang up against the problem, not against each other. Because what happens with weak families in tough times, they end up fighting each other because stress, stress causes us to be reactive and we end up being reactive with one another rather than adopting this culture. No, no, we'll attack the problem, not the person. We'll actually gang up against the problem, not against the person. We'll pray together against this problem. We'll unite. We're going to be stronger because in tough times, we stand together. That's what connects us. In tough times, let me tell you, it's only a matter of time until they come. The families that connect together are present in tough times. Number four, connectivity is laughing together. Oh, there is something wonderful about having a good belly laugh. Huh? Oh my goodness. When was the last time your family had a belly laugh? We all started to cry because we were so laughing hysterically. Belly laughs, laughing together is a good thing. Can I just say, that's why dad do dad jokes. It's our attempt at bringing laughter into the family. And so here's the deal. Here's your deal. When your dad brings a dad joke, the rule of the family is everybody laughs. Come on, let's all laugh together. Come on, let's make that a rule. Huh? No, seriously, seriously. We, we had a rule at our place when we'd have dinner time. If anybody told a joke at the dinner table, nobody would go, Ugh. we would all laugh. That was the rule. We would all laugh and encourage the joke teller to get better jokes. And uh, to get the timing right, because uh, Anne's timing was all, she'd get to the, to the, to the punchline and ask me to finish the joke. And it's like... We've just lost the timing on this one, but never mind. We'll go for it. (laughs) Anyway, laughing together. Um, You know, be the person that brings laughter into the home. Some people, they just bring stress. Some people, they just bring the dark cloud. They just walk into a room and they've brought the dark cloud. Can I just say, if that's you, can I encourage you to get some ministry? Can I encourage you to get some inner healing? Because it's not cool to be under a dark cloud. And it's not God's will for you to be under a dark cloud. God's will for you is to be under an open heaven, not a dark cloud. And He's come to open heaven over you and remove the dark clouds. Because dark clouds are to 
do with unresolved issues in your past that God wants to deal with. So come on, strong families have ministry to get rid of the dark clouds. So when you come in, you bring joy into the house. I I say to a lot of people, you know, if you had a hard time at work, just drive around the block three or four times. Get rid of your hard time at work. So when you come into the home, you are present, you're full of joy, you're full of laughter. You just It's just a beautiful thing just to come and your laughter. You know, it's been a wonderful thing to live in family with my children, my grandchildren. Because one of the things about my son-in-law is that when he comes home, he is present with the children. He always comes with joy into the home. And the kids just go ballistic when daddy arrives. And it's just, it seriously is just a, a, a cacophony of joy is the only way to describe it. And I love that. I absolutely love that. Commendations to Ben for being a carrier of laughter rather than a carrier of stress. Would you be like that? Huh? Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm going to be a carrier of laughter. I love that. Okay. And number five, the fifth ingredient to bring unity, to bring connectedness into the home Celebrate together. Always celebrate. Always look for opportunity to celebrate. Let celebration be a culture of your home. What a wonderful thing it is. So we celebrate birthdays, but when there's a birthday, we always encourage the people to say something nice about the person that's being celebrated. And we do that in our office. If it's birthday time, we get three people to say something positive about the person that that, that was celebrating their birthday. And you know what? We can't hold it down to three because, because that culture of positivity just takes over and everybody wants to put their two cents worth. But the person being celebrated feels honoured. They feel lifted up. So they feel like they're the centre of attention and everybody needs to be the centre of positive attention every now and then. That's what creates strong families. So you remember this, what you celebrate, you replicate. And just make sure you're celebrating positive things. Celebrate crazy things. The third, the third year, the three months, third week, third day, whatever. Just celebrate. Just any opportunity to celebrate. Just celebrate. You know what? This is a celebration of because I love you. Or this is a celebration because you're my son or you're my daughter or whatever. But just make sure that there's lots of celebration. But don't ever miss the important days. Those important days are really important to celebrate. And when people celebrate together, they stay united. Can I just say to you that these are the cultures that I've introduced into my family. That's why we've got a strong family. These are the cultures I've introduced into our church. That's why we've got a strong church. And I want to say to you, these cultures work. And if you recalibrate today, make sure that these are in your world then you can build a strong family. You can build strong unity. And you know what? Some of you say, John, it's a bit too late for me. No, no, it's never too late. Please stay, stay with us. Stay with us here and be part of this family and contribute to this family. And if, you've, if your family is broken, then even now you can start trying to at least put some of these cultures back where the brokenness is. Because these cultures will mend brokenness. I'm telling you now, they will mend brokenness and bring strength and unity. 
Thanks for choosing to listen to the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge. If you like this week's podcast, then please share it with a friend. More information about who we are is available at lifesource.org.au. On behalf of Senior Ministers John and Ann Giuliano, we look forward to connecting with you next time at the Life Source Christian Church Audio Lounge.